Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio where we provide insights and visibility into products and solutions across the Cisco portfolio and trending topics across our industry. If you like our podcast, please follow us and feel free to share your favorite episodes with your colleagues and friends. And of course, if, if you have any thoughts or comments on what we should cover in a future episode, let us know. Talk with us on Twitter at, at Cisco Champion. All right. Today, we are going to talk about the 9166 V1 access point with an integrated directional antenna. Our champions and our resident expert are going to discuss this new Cisco wireless innovation, dive into use cases, and hopefully uncover everything you want to know. All right, we're going to get into introductions and then we'll get into the good stuff. Um, Alan, I'm going to start with you. Who are you? What do you do? Thank you. My name is Alan Gardner. I'm the CEO of Current Technologies Computer Learning Center. We're a Cisco learning partner. So we specialize in Meraki wireless, Meraki training, and enterprise training. Awesome. Jonathan, you're up next. Thanks, Amy Lee. Good morning. Uh, I think I need the morning coffee like you do, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, my name is Jonathan Mahadi. I work in the mining industry, and uh, I'm a bit of a wireless geek, but in my normal day-to-day -day job, I do governance and technical stewardship. I'm very happy to be here. Happy to have you, and thank you for joining. It is very late where you're at, so I guess if you're trying to stay up all night, you can have a cup of coffee, but I'd probably advise against it if you're trying to get some sleep after this. <laughs> um, all right, Mike, moving on to you. What yeah, do you uh, my name is Mike Blytho. I'm a wireless engineer for Common Spirit Health, which is a, a pretty large uh, healthcare provider here in the United States. All right, Fred, thank you for joining hey. us today. <laughs> well, my name is Fred Niehaus. I'm a technical marketing engineer with Cisco. Been with Cisco since, uh, well, Cisco acquired Aeronet in 2000, and we were building wireless access points about five years before that, 1995. So a little bit of uh, experience building different access points. And today we're going to talk a little bit about the new Cisco 9166-D1. D1 stands for directional. And this access point, if you if you look at some of the access points we've made uh, in the past, we, we recently introduced three access points that have a common hardware between Meraki and, and Cisco Enterprise Networking. You know, the, the 9162, 64, and 66. And, and those were basically the three tiers of APs from, you know, from the low, lower end 62 all the way up to the 66. Now, the, the 9166, that particular one is an I. So, so the, the 9162, 64, 66 were all internal antennas and omnidirectional. They radiate in a 360 degree pattern designed for mounting on the ceiling. Now, part, part of the, the issue here is that long about April of 2020, Chairman Agent Pai uh, opened up 
the six gigahertz band. And that's that's a big deal. I mean, we, for the first time in years, we've gotten double the amount of spectrum for Wi-Fi use. It, it's unreal. I mean, it's like 57, 20 meg channels. And even, even if you do a big bonded 80, 80 meg channel, there's 14 of them. And you can even scale 160 meg channels with seven. So, so the idea is that you've got all this spectrum that you can use for six gig. So, so how did we get six gig and how did we end up not being on seven gig or eight gig, right? Well, six gig was typically used, uh, the incumbents or the people that are on now for point to point microwave links. If you were a, uh, maybe a city government or a water tower or, you know, you, you know you, or a telco company, you might have a, a point to point link to shuttle that data on six gigahertz. Well, because six gig was needed for Wi-Fi, we had to do a balancing act here where the, the AP, uh, the access point running six gig indoors uh, has to have no external antennas, has to be low power and has to be used indoors. The minute you put it outside, then you have to do frequency coordination, things like that. So we'll get into that a little bit uh, later here. But, but the, the takeaway here is that traditionally, if you have an AP and you're trying to focus that energy in a given direction, you've had to, in the past, use things like a 9120 AXE. AX means AX and E was external. And then you'd have to have an antenna you'd mount to it, right? So um, the, the, the challenges here are that as you mount an access point and you mount an external antenna, and why would you want an external antenna? Well, because an AP on a ceiling radiates in 360-degree pattern. When you have challenging RF environments where you need to focus that energy, traditionally you used an external antenna and an, ex and an AP that supported external connectors. So you, know, you had a 9120 AXE with a 2566 antenna, 6dBi, or a 9130 AXE with a 9103 antenna. The, or maybe you had the, the Meraki MR46E and you use the Meraki MA, you know, which stands for Meraki Adapter Antenna 3E6. That was a 6dBi antenna on the Meraki. You had two things to mount. You had to point them. You had, it was a more complex installation. And we didn't want to do that with the 9166. We wanted to integrate it in to one simple package that was easy to install, if, if that makes sense. So, so the, the, uh, the particular product that we've got here is almost identical to the 9166i, meaning this thing has a 2.4 gig radio, a 5 gig radio, a 6 gig radio, dedicated tri-band auxiliary radio, an IoT radio. There's a ton of stuff that we put in this access point and a ton of different antennas, and they all have to coexist and not cause interference with each other and things. So, so this is our attempt at... at making a product very simple to deploy, easy to use, supporting external antennas and allowing for directionality. You know, the 9166, um, we noticed that the CWs now mostly operate on both sides, the Meraki side and the enterprise side. Is that going to be the case for this AP as well? Yes, we, we you know, it's a common hardware platform. You know, you know, we've been, like I said, we've been designing APs since well, since Cisco 
acquired us in 2000 and got into the wireless business, right? And we've always made APs just for enterprise networking, right? But, but you know, if you look at a Cisco badge, it says no technology religion kind of thing, right? And, and right now, you know, we're trying, we, we've got two different products. For the longest time, we had Meraki and cloud and their hardware, EN cloud and our hardware or whatever, you, you know, and it just doesn't make sense to have different hardware on different platforms. We want you to be able to buy one AP and be happy with it and be able to go either way. If, if you choose that you want to do cloud, you go to cloud and then fire up the Meraki code. It will see this AP. It's going to work fine. Or if you want to do enterprise networking, you know, EN type of stuff with Catalyst, you can do that as well. So, you know, the, the 9136 is the last AP that we made that was non, uh, didn't have common hardware, right? It was unique. The 9136 basically could do, you know, dual five and six and two, four. I mean, it was, it's a beast, you know, but, but, you know, it's, it's the top of the top of the line kind of thing. The 9166 is the top of the line on the common hardware, right? So, so that's why there's an internal one with the, you know, an I called internal that goes on a ceiling and behaves mostly like, like any other AP would in a 360 degree pattern. And then we've got this new directional. So um, kind of jumping off of there, um, you mentioned it's not quite as powerful as a 9136. So does it just have uh, one five gigahertz radio in it? Yeah, the, the, the product can do the, the difference between the 9166 and the 36. The 9166 can do 2.4, 5, and 6, or... If you're not ready for six yet, or maybe you're, the theater you're deploying it in doesn't have it, it can do dual five. So the 9166 can do two, four, five, six, or five, five, and no six, right? The 9136, it can do two, four, dual five, and six, right? I mean, and it's got a higher POE output on it for, uh, I'm sorry, a, a higher USB output if you've got some reason or something you need more power to run something USB off of. So. Mm -hmm. It's it's a it's more it's more powerful, but it also you know, nine one three six is slightly more powerful, but also draws a little bit more more power as well. And it's not the common hardware. You know, the, we we really worked hard to, to to knock this AP out in such a way that 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 hardware will will work on either platform. Yeah. So right. I mean, it look, you know, even if you are trying to do something super high density on five gig, you're you're still good with this antenna and this, this AP because you can go you can go do a five gigahertz if you if you need to but we still have that flexibility now to to add in that six gigahertz and and use this directional antenna in you know for us like in healthcare it's it's great we've got a lot of you know big atriums when you walk into the hospital and, and you've got three story ceilings and you can't put you know uh, a 66i up there because it's just, you know it's not going to work so being able to put a directional antenna and kind of paint that floor um with this uh you know it, it, with the yeah the i mean that's the nice thing that's the nice thing about a directional antenna because it works both ways you know when you have a directional antenna and you point it in a given area that's also where it's listening you know when you have a, an, an omni antenna that's 360 degree pattern it hears everything in 360 right and sometimes it's really nice as you said to be when you have a super high ceiling or you've got a long corridor or something it's really nice to focus that ap because that ap is wherever it's pointing 
that's where it's listening. So it's not going to hear a lot of noise from other other clients that are not in the path of, of where that antenna is pointed. I just want to ask a question around. So you you kind of rattled off a lot of information there and a lot of features, and it's got loads of different radios and whatnot. The power consumption must be quite high. So what level of PUE do we need to power this AP? And is there an option? Is there a way of powering it just from like DC as well? Like, well, yeah, there's a couple different different ways. First off, you you, you need AT power. Okay, you you don't you know it, it'll do everything at 30 watts. You you need AT power. Uh, if you've got the old 15.4 watt, you know, AF power, it's time to start upgrading your switch. But I mean, you can bring it up on AF power with no radios if you just want to configure it or or see the the, the AP on, on the net on the network, it will come up on that power. Uh, the there's three I mentioned there were three products, the 62, 64, 66, right? The 62 is a low end two by two. The reason I bring that up is it's DC input is 12 volts. So you can actually run it off at of 12 volts. The 64 and 66, we're looking at, at basically a DC wall brick of 56 volts or 54 volts. You, you, you know, we, we, we need that higher mm -hmm. voltage because we're using the higher voltage to, to dissipate less heat and everything, you know, by starting it off higher. But but if your goal is to do something on solar power or something like that, then, then I would look at the 62. Or if you're retail and you just want to, a simple two by two, that's that's your thing. But you know, if, if you're somebody like, oh, I don't know, Goodyear tire plant in Indianapolis and you got the robots carrying the tires everywhere, and you know, you don't want to lose connectivity with those robots, you know, this product with the directional antenna can go up on a ceiling and just point exactly where those robots are going or where what you're doing with them. And and it's just, you know, it's we have even more powerful offerings. Like if you have a if you have a stadium or sports arena. We've got products at 13 dBi, you know, high, much higher gain and much more directional than this. But but this is basically your utility directional product. I mean, I can just take this product. There's a special mount that we have for this new, new 9166D1 that lets you tilt it up and down and, and move it side to side so you can wall mount this AP and point it where you want, where typically a 9166I would not be wall mounted. It would be mounted up on a ceiling and it would point down and outward in 360. This can be mounted on a ceiling and swivel down to cover an aisleway, or it can be mounted on a wall or a pole. You know, a lot, a lot of options with it. Uh, you, you mentioned like it obviously not as much gain as a stadium antenna, but let's let's talk a little bit about that. So what what kind of antenna gain do we have on this? And then a, kind of like a part B of that question is, what's the angle of coverage we got? Like what style of directional antenna do we have in here? Sure. What, what you have is, remember I, I mentioned that you could do, you know, two, four, and then you could do a five and a six or dual fives, right? What, we, what we've done is we've taken the 2.4 and the five gig, and we've made it six dBi. And the pattern spreads about 70 degrees, you know? So, so you got about a 70 degrees spread from where you're pointing it at. Now, six gigahertz, the higher you go in frequency, the smaller the radio wave gets, and the more power it takes to push that same radio wave a given distance, right? So the higher the frequency you go, the, the more power works, you know, you, you need more power in, in some ways because it's not going to be as powerful. So we bump the gain up on the six dBi. So uh, I'm sorry, on the six gigahertz. So on six gigahertz, the antenna is eight dBi. And we scooch the pattern down a little bit to 60 by 60 instead of 70 by 70 to give you just a little bit more gain on six gig. Now, there's a lot of things with power 
that happens um, on six gigahertz. I, I, I kind of skew it a little bit here, but it, as you bond channels, you actually can increase the power. It, uh, unlike five gigahertz, where if your power was whatever it was, say it's a hundred milliwatts, you got a hundred milliwatts, you widen the channel, you know, it, it, you know, you lose half that because you know you lose the power because if you go to go from twenty meg to forty meg. You now have that 100 milliwatts now being spread over two channels, so it drops in half, right? On six gigahertz, what's really nice is as you bond channels, the power can go up. So it kind of take between the, the extra gain of the antenna, couple dBi, more of the, of the directional antenna and bonding channels. When you start to bond, you know, 40, 80 meg channels, things like that, you're starting to get actually more power than you would have if you were on 5 gig. So, Fred, this is Alan. I got a question for you. Um, clients, so we've got the six gigahertz radio now. Um, when do you think we're going to start seeing more and more clients right out of the box support six gigahertz? Uh, right now, there's probably, gosh, Samsung's got products out, Intel does. Uh, there's a 6E chip chipsets for Microsoft Edge devices, Asus devices. Apple supports it today in their MacBook Pro M2 and Mac Mini M2 iPad Pro 6. Rumor has it the next iPhone will also have it, right? Um, it really comes down to, you, you know, if I'm making a car, okay, I'm a client. I'm going to forget about I'm Cisco now. I'm just, I'm just some guy that makes, you know, Fred's laptop or handheld device, right? A lot of times what they do is they go and they say, I want the, you know, I just want the best on the spec. I really don't care how well the client performs. In other, in other words, they're looking at, I want my spec to say 6E now because people look for 6 gig. They, they, they look for the fastest. If you're about to buy a new product, you look at the Wi-Fi and you go, I want the very fastest Wi-Fi, right? So there's a big move to jettison all this old Wi-Fi and put 6 gig in into them all. So you're going to see a lot more devices. But right now, there's already quite a few devices that are supporting 6 gig. So, Fred, just, uh, you know, when I think about, the uses of directional antennas and some of the challenges I've had in the past with deployments and combinations of access points and antennas and cables and all that kind of stuff. What's the benefit of actually having an integrated directional antenna in a unit like this? Well, a couple things. First off, prior to this, you had an external antenna and then you had a device with connectors on it, right? So you had two things to mount, you know, that eats up your installation time. You also have two points of failure. You know, if you've got a bad connector or crimp, or somebody cuts a cable on on one of the on one of the antennas, you know, you, you know, with everything being integrated into the product, it's just so much easier to install it and so much easier to to, to be able to maintain it. You just don't you don't have you know, the only you know the only cases I can see where you would really want an external antenna would be, you know. Bro broke up at some of the earlier products where we allowed you to put two gig on 2.4 gig on one antenna, five gig on another because you, you could maybe cover inside of a freezer and outside of the freezer. But but I would say for 90% of the installs that, that are done with external antennas, this 9166D1 is is really the the best and easiest way to do it. Can we talk about the we touched early on on frequency coordination and how that kind of impacts um, six gigahertz. And uh, can we talk about how like the the ninety one sixty six here uh, kind of mitigates that trouble that you know we kind of have? Yeah, the the 
in order for an AP to use the entire six gig spectrum, okay, if you want to use the, the whole thing anywhere in the band, okay, then it's got to typically be an indoor AP, and the rules say it has to have an integrated antenna, which means you can't have external connectors on it, you know, and, and again, like I said, it can use the, the full spectrum. Now, the minute that you start putting an external antenna connector on an AP, now all of a sudden, instead of that entire 1200 megahertz spectrum, you're now limited to only Uni 5 and Uni 7 in the, in the US, right? So, which means now your, your availability of channels goes down a little bit, and it now requires this automatic frequency control or, or automated frequency control where, where the AP has to then go and query a database. And the database says, okay, these people are in your area. You can now use this channel and this amount of power, et cetera. Remember I said people were on this band originally. The way that we got the entire six gig spectrum was if we promised to do it indoor only with captured antennas. So that's, that's why the D1 is such a, uh, an amazing access point because now you got directional without having the external antennas. You can now deploy the whole spectrum, you anywhere in the spectrum you want. It, it's perfect. But the minute you want to go outside, like I said, you're limited to Uni 5 and Uni 7, and you have to go and get it coordinated. And that the, the upside of that is you get to run a little bit more power. You know, you go from low power to standard power, right? So, so standard power requires this coordination. Uh, the AP is um, hardware capable of standard power. It's not out today, but nothing prevents us from going out and using this new AP to query a database and to, to get a channel and everything. But, but right now it's designed indoors. I don't want to push that or anything. But, but once uh, some time goes by and once we, we start working with the FCC on this frequency coordination thing, you know, and we're, and we're in beta with some of that now, but once that stuff gets nailed up, then uh, you, know, you may see some additional functionality and capability on this D1 come to life. Yeah, that's great for someone like us. I mean, we would love to be on a four-year hardware refresh cycle, right? But sometimes it stretches out. You're like five, six, seven years down the road. Well, the, so, the one thing I will tell you, the one thing I will tell you about our APs, and we we build them in Richfield, Ohio, is is where we design them. And uh, although we're distributed, we do things in in India and in Texas and you know San Jose and San Francisco. But the thing is, is we design these APs. And, and I laugh, I tell people, we design them to run till you're sick of them, okay? Because when you're in a Goodyear tire plant and that robot quits working or you're in a coal mine or some damn thing and you lose connectivity, you don't want somebody to go, well, well let me give you another AP and a jacket and maybe a pair of socks that match with our logo on it, right? I mean, you, know, you want this thing to run and not fail because the minute it fails, you want to kill somebody, right? And, and it's difficult because... You know, even the model of, of APs, you, you know, we, when we first designed these APs, we designed them to run forever. And, you know, the business models changed a little bit. You know, sometimes with the cloud stuff, it's not about making the best coffee cup in the world. It's charging you to, to drink out of that cup or whatever, right? But, but that said, we're doing our best really to just make the very best products. It's like Nestle. Nestle makes the very best. Well, we make the very best APs, right? And, uh, and, and whether whether you... But uh, like I said, I've got, you know, I'm sitting here with an AP at the down here on the floor that John Chambers signed. I got one here that Chuck Robbins signed. I mean, you, you know, we have won these pioneer awards for excellence in AP design. 
uh, like nobody else. So it, it's, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of these APs. And, and that's why I tell you, if you get the 9166D1 with the integrated antenna, I mean, you're looking at a trouble-free AP that, that just mounts and does its job. I was reading the uh, data sheet and looking at some of these pictures and you've got, you've even gone ahead and, you know, built custom brackets for this and to be able to tilt and pivot the, uh, the antenna or the AP itself. Um, do you want to talk to us a bit more about what, what went into that? Yeah, absolutely. So, so the, the issue here is we, the mounting brackets that we put on our APs, we've had these mounting brackets for almost 18 years or so, the same bracket, all the different APs that we've made, you know, we've kept this same metal bracket. And the reason we did that is because uh, if you mount that metal bracket on a ceiling, that metal is against the metal grid work. And I've seen fires happen in kitchens and other places where the AP is just a big molten mess and the LED is still blinking, you know, blue, somebody connected or green, somebody connected to it, it's still running, right? You know, but but we've made these brackets and some of our competitors joke, or a unit accidentally fits the Cisco bracket. It's like, yeah, no kidding, it accidentally fits because it's the best bracket. Anyway, we took that bracket, that bra and there was two of them, bracket one, bracket two. Bracket one goes on the ceiling, bracket two has got Swiss cheese on it, fits on an electrical panel, on anything you want. Well, bracket two now fits on an articulating arm. So any of the APs, you know, you can, can take advantage of that bracket. If you if you needed to, but but the nice thing is is that bracket swivels left and right, up and down, mounts to a pole, mounts to a wall, and the other end of it is bracket two, and then this new 9166D1 slides into that. So it's a bit you know you don't have to go looking around if you've already got Cisco products, you can take a bracket from an old AP, old bracket two from something else you had, and put it right on this arm and go. You know, if you if you didn't have a bracket. So Fred, this is Elegant. This is a question. Speaking of brackets, um, a lot of customers put things in enclosures. So the directional antenna, how does that affect enclosures that you might put an AP into? Well, typically you would use an enclosure to do one of two things. Either, either your because the product's designed right now for indoor only, okay, you would still use an enclosure if you were maybe a Walmart garden center and you're sprinkling the AP water you know, all the time, or, or you've got, got it in an area that's that maybe a pool area or something, you know, where there's a lot of moisture, you might want to put a, a, an overbox on it. There's a lot of companies, Excel techs, Ventev, others that, that the Oberon that make these type of enclosures for you. And the, the trick is that, that the, if you paint them, you just can't use a metallic paint, right? You just got to use something that's, that's not conductive. It's going to cause a problem. And if you put it in an enclosure, um, you know, you have to be aware that the, that the temperature, you know, we, we have a spec that we publish. We run from this temperature to that temperature, right? When you put it in an enclosure and you box up the ambient air, you know, you might, you know, you might run into a problem there if, if you were running the access point on a ragged edge. If you're running it really to its max temperature and then you put it in an enclosure, it's likely to, to, to get give you a problem. But in most environments, I tell people, if you can live in that environment, that AP will be fine. And, and just to kind of follow up on that, I mean, the, the AP is slightly larger than the standard Omni 9166, but it's it's not much. So it will still will fit in probably almost every single enclosure. I mean, how much bigger is it exactly? It's just a little bit deeper. I'm looking, that... right now. I'm looking at one, both of them right now. It's less than a half an inch or so, it's, you know, maybe, maybe a half an inch thicker. And that's just because we brought that radome or that top cover up a little bit to give us places to put our directional elements. 
Right, and it, and the the unit itself has the normal sensors that would normally be available on the ninety one. Yes, it does. It has the its temperature and humidity sensors and things. Which which uh, we did a lot of effort when we built those sensors to to we, we took the PC board, the circuit board inside, and actually cut around it so that the temperature of the board didn't affect the temperatures of it that, that we were trying to measure and things, right? We did a lot of, of effort to do that, mainly because there, there are some people, and, and what really drove this sensor thing was part, partly COVID, you know, it's like, do I have a healthy building? You know, in, in other words, if you know, a lot of people are like, people are coming back to work, you know, what's the temperature look like? What, what's, what, is there any, bad chemicals in the air like say say you're a tire plant and you spill meth mek or so one of the one of the bad chemical kind of things this thing can alert you that that it's that it saw that right it just kind of gives you uh it prevents you from having to do a separate overlay for for just building monitoring hey fred one more question um so we integrate with cisco spaces with all this humidity and all this other stuff we're doing with the 9166 aps um are we going to be able to see the directional flow um, of the antenna within Cisco Spaces, or how is that integration going to work? That that is a work in process. Okay, so yes, I, okay. I believe so. But you know, to, today I don't have a lot of data on that without going into futures, which I can't do right now. Okay. Yeah, well, I mean, we're we're really excited to get our hands on some of these and start deploying them in our hospitals and clinics. Um, and yeah, I mean it. Is this thing, uh, is it shipping now? Are we already seeing product get to I, be I believe it's orderable now, orderability is on. I, I think we're shipping in next month, if I'm not mistaken. I have to check on that. I've been kind of out of pocket for a, a while, so I've uh, been kind of out of the office for the last four weeks or so and haven't, don't really, haven't gotten an update as to where we're at with that stuff right now. But, uh, but I believe, uh, you know, last time I checked, you know, you know, September was the date that they're shipping. That's really exciting. Definitely. Just, just, a, just out of curiosity. Uh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Just out of curiosity, just since you're mentioning about shipping dates and whatnot, do you know what software level uh, your controllers need to be at to support it? Uh, yes. Hold on. Let me see if I've got that on handy. <laughs> I don't remember off the top of my head because I'm a hardware guy. <laughs> That's all right. I know I've got that. I'm just looking real quickly to see if I can find it. Fast, uh, like your compatibility uh, matrix, yeah. everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure the GA would come in. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I know we're in, in, yeah, here we go. 17.12.1 has support for it. Great. It's tracking, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 17.12.1 will have, has support for that. Great. Initially, Canada, US, Puerto Rico. It happened for Australia, Fred. I don't have that data right now. <laughs> right? Jonathan, you don't count, right? You're Australia, right? Yeah, I'll just go back to my box. <laughs> All right. Well, I we covered a lot. Uh, great conversation. Fred, before we close, is there anything that we didn't get to cover that you would like to, to share some thoughts on? Uh yeah, I just would let you let you know that that mounting bracket that lets you articulate it actually has two pieces to it, and you can actually take the center arm out of that and make it even smaller if you wanted to just tilt it. If all you were doing was going for a, a you know, to tilt it down just a little bit, and you didn't need to swing it back and forth, you, you know, and and uh, it's just 
a phenomenal looking AP. I mean, if you if you look at how that that AP was designed, it's it's for for all the radios that are in it. And and the thing is, we we have an engineering lab in Richfield, Ohio, that I mean, I can move an we can move an element on the on the array just a quarter of an inch, and in about 30 minutes, tell you what happened to that pattern and how it worked, right? So, so the point I'm making is we actually design these antennas. We're not, you know, a lot of people just go and they get a third party, make an antenna for them, whatever, and they do it. But the, but you don't, you can't characterize it. In other words, we actually build and design these antennas from scratch and play with them. We spent a lot of hours trying to, our best to get different isolations between, you know, if you got a, five gig radio and a six gig radio on the air at the same time. You know, if it's a lightly loaded AP, it's gonna look great, you know, it's gonna work. But but when your utilization is at 80% or 90% on both radios, and you're hammering the hell out of them, right? That's where that quarter of an inch difference in the spacing of the antenna and this and that, you know, all the little things that we do start to really pay off. And that's why um, I would say if you if you do a bake off against us or whatever, do us in full utilization, you know, beat the thing up good, you know, because many APs look great when there's three people connected to it. <laughs> there you have it. Design to perfection. All right. Uh, to our listeners, if you want to continue uh, your learning on today's topic, make sure to check out the resources provided in the show notes below. And of course, I always have to remind you, you can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So wherever you're listening to us, make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for tuning in. See you next episode. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.